So I'm really excited today uh, on our next Mapping Podcast and video blog. I have Amber Mack with me, and Amber and I have been on the same program at events, and I'm so excited, Amber, to have you. You're tech, tech extraordinaire. You, you've just really blazed a path for uh, technology, social media, so I'm really excited to have you on today's uh, show. And maybe you could tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I've been working for almost 20 years now in the technology industry, starting out as kind of getting into the weeds at a couple of tech startups in San Francisco. I do have a journalism degree, so I've always been interested in reporting on technology. And fortunately, I've had a great opportunity in broadcast media to be a technology reporter and host of a number of different technology shows. I also work with the Speakers Bureau and do a lot of events. So I've keynoted probably three to 400 different events all around the world over the past uh, 12 or so years and have also written two books all about technology, uh, adapting to technology, innovation, uh, artificial intelligence, so really talking about tech trends in general. Which is excellent, which is why I wanted you on the next Mapping podcast, because you're all about the trends of technology, and the most recent book I've written, Next Mapping, is all about that. So I really want to hear your wisdom and your perspective and your expertise on, on the subject. So let's get started. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. So first question, Uh, in your opinion, how is digital transformation changing the way companies are able to get work done? For example, robotics, automation, AI. Love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. I think what's happening right now with a lot of businesses in terms of adapting to new technologies is that businesses are much more aware than they have ever been before, that they need to be able to adapt, that the future of work is changing, and it's changing quicker than any of us have ever imagined. In fact, I like to share a quote from Graham Wood where he says that change has never happened this fast before, and it will never be this slow again. And it's Mm -hmm. just a reminder to all of us that we're entering into a period over the next five to 10 years where we have to be constantly adapting. So like I said, the good news is that businesses, I think, realize this finally. They can no longer have their heads in the sand. Uh, But on the other hand, many of them just aren't adapting quickly enough. Yes, I agree with you completely. I mean, our research corroborates that. So um, I'm going to segue off of the planned questions for just a moment because you brought up a really good point. So in your opinion, what can companies do now to adapt more quickly to the technological reality? Like like there's no hiding that robotics and automation AR are impacting business. So for those sort of ones that are not quite on the leading edge of it, what, what's your thoughts about how they can get there? Yeah. I think one of the most important things that businesses can do today in order to adapt to new technology is first to embrace a learn-it-all culture. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen this advice from leaders out there like Satya Nadella from Microsoft, you know, understanding that we need to constantly be in a position and mindset where we're learning about new things that are taking place. When we talk about adapting to artificial intelligence and an age of automation, the best advice that I can give is to start using some of these new tools that exist mm-hmm. in the world that are driven by artificial intelligence. You may not have even realized that you're using some of them today, whether it's a smart speaker, maybe you're using Google services that are, are mm-hmm. driven by artificial intelligence, but start to understand how those tools work. From that point, you may recognize opportunities to introduce a tool into your business. If you are in the business of customer service, it may be that you want to introduce a chat bot and start to develop a chat bot that really understands how to communicate with your customers. So I think it's about taking baby steps as far as 
adopting some of this new technology, but I think you have to move pretty quickly in terms of learning about it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, as soon as cloud and BYOD became the norm, now it's kind of like, do we have the right technologies to support the business that we want to create, right? I, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think that's an issue for a lot of businesses yeah. today is that, that, you know, for many businesses over the past couple of decades, you know, they've been slow to adopt new technologies and they're just starting to wrap their heads around this idea of bringing your own device about using mm -hmm. cloud services. And then all of a sudden we're telling them, oh no, there's this age of automation exactly. into the workforce <laughs> and you need to be able to uh, adapt to this as well. And it scares a lot of businesses, but I yeah. think what is that the businesses that can adapt can really thrive over the next few years. And unfortunately, the businesses that don't, uh, it's not going to be as though they continue, can continue to exist. I worry a lot about the, the fate of many of those businesses, especially over the next five years. I agree with you completely. And we, we often cite a statistic that 40% of the current Fortune 500s won't exist in the next 10 years. Uh, research by out of Singularity University, Peter Diamandis. So it's, it's a real concern that, you know, that whole statement, change or die, has never been more relevant than today, right? Which is a lot of what your work is, is helping organizations be aware of the technology tools to stay ahead of the curve and, and to stay um, competitive, right? So another question, 67% uh, of companies are struggling with digital transformation. Can you give us an opinion as to why you think this is the case? I think a lot of businesses are really struggling with digital transformation because there is a leadership and culture issue. And I think what we see at a lot of businesses, you know, this is particularly true with technology businesses, is that there, in some ways, is a culture of arrogance at the top. And what ends up happening is, is that they just assume that what they're doing is the best thing they can be doing at the time and that their technology or their services mm -hmm. or their products, you know, they're, they're superior. But what they don't realize is that there could be a startup in a corner of the world that you're not familiar with that uh, doesn't have a lot of money but has some pretty eager and uh, bright individuals working there who are ready to disrupt the industry. And what we're seeing now because of the pace of technological change and the ability to be able to develop technologies so quickly is that you don't know where your next threat is coming from. Right. And in that case, I think from a, a leadership and culture standpoint, you need to understand that you can't assume that you know it all, but you can appreciate and embrace that you can learn it all. I think that's very wise words because I think I love that you said, you know, uh, executive arrogance. I think that that in, my, in our experience that the change has to happen at, a, at, a, at an executive level where they see the importance. And there's a direct link between technology, innovation and recruiting millennials, Gen Z's. They, they're looking for companies that have the latest technological tools so that they can do a better job. So uh, that's a valid point. Yeah, go ahead. I think what's really interesting too, you know, last year I hosted a series on artificial intelligence called yeah. the AI effect, and we did individual episodes on different industries. Mm -hmm. And what really struck me as we were creating that show and talking to individuals is that if you take an industry like agriculture, this could be an industry where people who work in that space, you know, they've worked in that space for generations, you know, mm -hmm. families passing on farms. And I found it really interesting in terms of one of the companies we interviewed, it's called Soma Detect out of New Brunswick, Canada. And they were developing technology that uses artificial intelligence to improve the quality of milk. Now, when you talk to these individuals, they do not have experience in agriculture, mm -hmm. uh, but they mm -hmm. love data. They call mm -hmm. themselves data nerds, and they, they love to solve problems. And there's a perfect example of not understanding the threat to your business or to your yeah. industry. Uh, because the potential and access is available for anyone 
to actually make a difference. Absolutely. And I think that that speaks to the millennial Gen Z desire to create solutions. And like you say, we don't even know what the competitive threat could be. It used to be that was only within your industry, but now it's new technology and somebody coming up with technology that blows everything else out of the water. So yeah, really well said. Okay. You got so much wisdom. I want to keep going here and get as much as we can. Um, A lot of our research shows that leaders and teams want to leverage technology, but lack the time. Any thoughts on this? I do think that one of the big issues that we are going to have in our future is that uh, we are all time deficient. And I think that's what uh, really is happening today and speaks volumes about the companies that are successful. If you think about the the hottest companies in the world today, they're like the Ubers of everything, you know? Companies that are saving individuals time. And so it's really about those individuals and organizations that understand time management and how to make the most of their time. And it's not necessarily about working longer, but it is in fact about working smarter. Mm-hmm. And that's what individuals can, I think, start to appreciate is that spending time on the things that are actually going to make a difference in your business instead of focusing on uh, other uh, factors and things that are happening outside your business and focusing on your competition, but really understanding how to move your business forward. I think that's that's wise words because I think a lot of times organizations get caught up in like the sexiness of technology or what or what others might be doing with technology when in fact it needs to be strategic alignment. Like what are what are the the strategic imperatives and how can technology support that? I think that's uh- Absolutely. And I think for a lot of businesses, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention to your competition or the potential threats. You should be mindful of what's going on, but I don't think you should be chasing those individuals. You should be able to carve out your own path and figure out the direction that you're going. It's those those individuals and businesses that I think that are going to be the most successful in the future. Yeah. And a lot of times looking outside your industry is much more innovative than looking within the inside the industry for competitive um, ideas and innovations right? So I think what you're saying is, is right on. Um, so you and I were at the same event a while back and you talked about social media and how businesses and leaders need to leverage it. Are companies better at it now? Because this was a while ago that you and I, that was about five, six years ago, I'm thinking. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the progress of social media and where you think it's at and, and the opportunities for the future. Although I'm always talking about technology in the future and automation and artificial intelligence, the thing that I think has made the biggest difference in a lot of businesses is their understanding of the world of communication that we live in today, Mm -hmm. much of which is driven by social media. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it's those businesses who are able to communicate effectively to audiences online that are the businesses that are able to stay the most relevant and up to date. Because even if you have the best products, even if you have the best services, when someone goes to find you online, and this is especially true for the next generation, if they see that your website or your social media channels are out of date and mm-hmm. not uh, up to date with the latest information and you don't appear to be a thought leader in that space, chances are they may look away and all of a sudden you've lost this relevancy piece that is so critical to success today. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So from a business standpoint, um, a lot of traditional businesses are like they've, caught, they've gotten on this because there used to be regulations, right? And restrictions. So we can't use social media, but that's changed. So a lot of organizations are really jumping on. Um, I think the key point that you said is effectively communicate because I think there's a lot of noise, but, but it's that effectively aligning your brand with the messaging is what I think you, you, know, you communicate really well when you speak about it. I think that that's something that uh, businesses need to understand is that you have to learn how to communicate effectively and learn which platforms are the most important for you. You know, businesses often come to me and say, oh, you know, Instagram, I feel like we should be on there, but it makes no sense to them because maybe they're a B2B company and that's not really where their audience is. 
But, you know, in the B2B space, and I think this is still true even in B2C in some respects, if you look at LinkedIn as a platform, there's a huge opportunity on LinkedIn to be creating content, whether it's video content or writing articles to be able to position yourself in a way that you are relevant and communicating effectively. And yet so many businesses just haven't invested the time or the money into actually making that a success. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think the key there is knowing your target audience rather than trying, I think that one of the the things that people do with social media today is they try to be on all platforms versus really zeroing in on what's the most effective return on our investment for platform. So... I think that's absolutely true. You know, it's funny because I'm very active on social media and yet I don't really have a YouTube channel with any recent content because that's just not relevant for me. You know, I do speaking, I do media. You don't, yeah, you, you, you have a lot of video presence. Yeah. I I just don't, I don't need to be on YouTube and I'm okay with not actually making a play on YouTube. And I think businesses have to say that you can't do all of the platforms with uh, equal success. So you need to find the platforms that are really right for you. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, What are some of the new technologies that are coming out that are going to impact the way we work? For example, I saw on your blog, the item of foldable, foldable, uh, foldable phones. Yeah. So let's uh, hear more about some of that. Cause I know you're always on the leading edge of new technologies. So I, I know my listeners would love to hear about that. I think it's really interesting if you look at some of the trends in the near future from a a hardware standpoint as well as software. From a hardware standpoint, there really hasn't been a lot of innovation over the past few years. You know, phones really haven't evolved too much until 2019 when there's all this talk about foldable phones. Mm -hmm. A foldable phone sounds like a very bizarre thing and you imagine that it's kind of flexible and just bends, but you have to think about it more like a phone that can be turned into to a kind of mini tablet. And we're seeing this uh, this happen today. And I think this is driven by the fact that so many individuals, including many people in business, are constantly mobile. They're on their devices, but they often need bigger screens. And no, they don't want to carry a smartphone and a right. tablet. Right. So this trend happened today with, with foldable phones. And I think that's a really interesting trend that is just going to continue to increase. And then on the software side, I think we're seeing some fascinating things with artificial intelligence. If you look at trends such as natural language processing, mm-hmm. and that may be, you know, everything from a smart speaker understanding what you're saying to all of a sudden AI being able to uh, read a bunch of research papers and create a report. Mm-hmm. There are so many applications where all of a sudden machines are starting to really understand language that will change the way that we work. So to that point, which I think is a very important point, you know, we, uh, we've done a lot of research on the impact of robots and automation AI on workers. Like what does it mean for the future of the worker? So in your opinion and in your expertise, do you see robots taking over human jobs? You know, we've done a lot of research that says, no, that's not true. More jobs will be created. What's your position? What's your thoughts on this given your experience and expertise? I think it's safe to say that any person who has done any research into the age of automation and what's going to happen when it comes to the future of work and robots will agree that robots aren't necessarily going to take our jobs. In fact, it will be more of a human and machine partnership where all of a sudden things that used to take us many hours and we're not that great at will will be done by a machine. And I think in many ways that will allow us to be more productive. Mm -hmm. I also think after just coming off the heels of an event this week where we talked a lot about what it means to be human. Yes. That's something really interesting you should consider. What do humans do well? Well, we do things such as empathy well. We're also able to, you know, do a bunch of things at the same time. Machines can't do that today, but they can do one thing and one thing can be automated in a way that perhaps a human can't. And so we can rely on them for that. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think that we're going into a world over the next five to 10 years where we're actually going to see robots who are physically taking jobs, unless it's some industries like maybe some service-based industry. Yeah 
potentially, you know, with autonomous vehicles, there will be a significant impact. Uh, but at the end of the day, the humans are still in charge and we need to manage this process well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that corroborates what we've, we've come to realize as well. And I think there's, a, there's almost a sensationalism or a fear mongering going on around this. Um, I just was in, I did a radio interview yesterday and they asked me about, um, so what does this mean for, like if, if automation and AI is going to take over tasks, what does this mean for the lower income worker where that's their job? And it was a great question. And my comment to that was there's an opportunity for reskill and upskill. So as these jobs get taken over, which are repetitive, non-mind tasks, humans would rather be doing better things anyway. So in my opinion, the solution is a partnership between education and business to help reskill and upskill uh, the, the, the skills of the workers. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I do see a, a positive output from that. I, I really think that uh, it's important. And again, that's why I keep talking about embracing learning and to your yeah. point about uh, learning new skills. And I think what's happened uh, and happens to many people is throughout the course of their career is that they assume I don't have to learn anymore. You know, I've already done college, yeah. I've done university, I'm done learning. Well, guess what? In 2019, that's not the case. You have to exactly. constantly be learning. And it's the people who embrace that learning who are able to succeed in the future because what's taking place is exactly what you said is that, yes, there are some tasks that will be automated and you could either sit there at your desk and just accept that, hey, you're no longer needed anymore, or you can figure out, you know, how can I complement this automation? What skills do I have as a human that will allow me to still be useful in this process of business? You know, if you look at the financial services industry, look at uh, auditors as one example, there's a lot of what they do that could be automated. Absolutely. But there's still a lot of strategic thinking as far as reviewing numbers and reports and talking to other people that still really important. So if you have those human skills, those analytical skills, that stuff, it's going to take a long time for that to be replaced by machines and likely not in our lifetime. Well, and to that point, working in that industry, a lot of businesses complain that their auditors and their accountants aren't strategic enough, that they're focused on the, on the data input. So if you've got machines doing that, that means the skill set has to up level to a consultative approach, not a task approach. And I think that's the biggest mindset change for most people is getting very comfortable, right? We're doing repetitive tasks. Well, I'm, I'm good at this versus getting out of their comfort zone and going, okay, machines can do that. What can I do better? That's, that's what I feel. So. I, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's those individuals that understand how to upskill, who understand yeah. that uh, they have to be strategic thinkers. You know, not everybody's going to want to go this direction, but I do think their jobs could potentially yeah. be at risk. So you yep. you have the power right now in 2019 to decide which way you want to go with all of this and to Absolutely. learn and adapt. And if you don't, I think the writing is kind of on the wall. Right. So any final words of wisdom for, you know, future of work, workers, uh, business owners, CEOs, like what, what do you think is the imperative? from your perspective, technology-wise, people-wise, for the future of work? I think one of the most important things to keep in mind for the future of work is to first understand the workforce that we're going into that mm -hmm. is on the horizon over the next few years. I just met an individual yesterday who's a well-known business leader who says that he listens to 30 hours of podcasts every single week just so he can stay on top of everything from cryptocurrency to what's happening in artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that's a first step. I mean, there's no prescription for surviving the future, but what we do know is that... It, actually having knowledge at your fingertips and understanding what's happening next will empower you to make the changes that you are required to make. Absolutely. Really, really great. Thank you so much, Amber. This was amazing. I know everybody's going to be salivating and going, this is so excellent. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in finding out more? 
I'm pretty easy to find online. I'm at Amber Mac on all the social media platforms and uh, you can find me online also at ambermac.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, Thank you. you.